You are live with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here. Got John Beeler with me as well. We're going to tell you all about the world of apps and mobile technology. In today's program, we're going to be talking about Netflix. They've gone to an ad-supported tier now to bring the price down in the hopes of generating more subscribers. Has it worked? You'll be surprised at the answer to that. We'll also be chatting about TikTok and their parent company, Tencent, which accessed the data of U.S. journalists much to the delight of the Americans. <laughs> I'm being sarcastic. Yeah, they're getting that uh, big bonfire with the big stake in the middle and it's got TikTok written on it. Yeah, some crazy times here. Well, we'll tell you what that's all about and how the U.S. is responding to that. And LastPass, this is a, a tool that many people use to keep their passwords safe and to make it easy to generate complex passwords for your banking site, for literally everything. It's your keys to the kingdom. Well, it's got hacked. Of course it did. And it just, the story is just not getting better. No. We'll tell you all about that as well. Uh, let's talk about some of the app and mobile news uh, out there right now. We're going to be going to the Consumer Electronics Show. In a few days. A couple days. Already, Lenovo has uh, unveiled a little gadget thing for your desk. It's like a Swiss army knife lamp. It's weird. It's so Ex weird. Uh, can you explain it? I, I can't even so it's wrap a, my head around it's this. It's a table lamp that you have some different attachments you can put onto it. A lamp, I imagine being one of them. Light being one. Yes. An LED light. And it also has a 4K webcam. And, As a lamp does. And USB-C ports. For charging all your mobile stuff. Yeah, which is great. Yep. Um, it kind of looks ironically like a microphone stand, like we're using right now to talk to the radio. And it's, you know, interchangeable bits and pieces, not unlike a Swiss Army knife. So, you know, it kind of makes sense. A lot of people like having the ability to have a properly um, uh, level and raised webcam yeah. that's not attached to their, um, to their computer. You know, the top of your laptop has to be put on a box or something like that. Exactly. So this this kind of serves that purpose. A 4K webcam. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a big difference when you have a good webcam. It does. Because uh, I use a few different laptops and the webcams suck. For the most part, yeah. Yeah. They're like 720p or less, which... Usually less. Yeah. You yeah. want at least 1080p, which is like true high definition or better 4K. Yeah. Well, and you want things like a bigger sensor, a glass lens, if you can get it. Yeah. Um, autofocus, those kinds of things. Um, but yeah, this is just, I don't, it'll be interesting to see, especially after last year's CES where it was kind of weird and almost uh, empty. Yeah. This will be a very big and busy CES. Also uh, in the mobile and app news Twitter rival Mastodon is rejecting funding funding to preserve nonprofit status. They've done well since the Twitter dumpster fire. They're yes. up, up over 2 million users now. Still nothing to compare to the hundreds of millions of users that Twitter has. Well, hundreds of millions of user accounts that Twizzer, Twitter has. Yes. And I would say the same thing. There's probably a lot of undocumented uh, accounts for Mastodon. People have had Mastodon accounts for years that are just dormant. Like you? I, I did, but I reactivated it. And it's funny because I, I posted my 
my Mastodon um, profile on Twitter of all places, every day I still get more and more people coming over. I'm like, why did I follow you in the first place? <laughs> and Mastodon again is kind of like a Twitter clone, but more complicated. It, yeah, it's it's a decentralized system. And it kind of reminds me of back in the old BBS days. Bulletin board systems that you dial in with your computer and a modem. You remember the FidoNet? Yes. So every every system would have to talk to other systems and share sort of their logbook of what's going on. And that's kind of what Mastodon does. Is it has this... Uh, so you've got to go onto a, a particular server. You have to choose a server. Yeah. And that's like your your, your address, your your. Okay, but when you choose that, can the people on other servers find you? Yes. Okay. Well, maybe. <laughs> if, if, if Where can I sign up? Well, yeah. I mean, it, it is... That's the clunky bit about that. As long as you know the address, though, you can put that in to any account server and it will find it. it these servers are set up in such a way that they're meant to be found that way. Um, but it's not always obvious. Twitter made that super easy because it didn't have to worry about it. You're all on the same server. But this actually gives you a little bit better ability to have a more um, specific and niche conversation with, say, your hobbies or your sports or whatever you're into. Because there could be like a sports server. Yeah, so you just go and you have an account on the sports server. And then you, you can see the local traffic, but you can also see outside of that network's traffic. So people that you follow that are outside of the sports network. But 2 million people, it sounds like a lot, but it's not. No, it's no. not. Not at all. That's why I don't even fully believe that number. It's like going to the dance club and there's only five people there. Right. Yeah. When was the last time you were at a dance club? I was just trying to come up with something that the kids could relate to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's talk about LG. LG Innotech de are developing camera components to bring true telephoto optical lenses to smartphones. So LG, you know, getting out of the, the smartphone game. Yeah. But they still make many of the parts. Right. Especially when it comes to these camera components. So they're saying that they're going to, be coming out with a telephoto module with real moving optics to do like a four to nine times zoom optically. And right now you can get there and even higher, like a hundred times zoom. Or 300 times or whatever. But Samsung it's done digitally. Yeah. You always want optical because that's the best, most right. precise yeah. zoom. So that's amazing that they, I don't know how they can get it in that small package. Well, that's that's just it. We don't know how small of a package that's going to be. The the actual module itself, it's hard to tell out of context uh, what what it actually is. But the um, when it's integrated into your phone, it's quite interesting how this stuff works. Like you know the floating lenses and stuff like that that they have in in some of these now, and the periscope lenses that we've seen um, that allow some of the stuff. But to actually have an optical zoom lens is going to be huge. It'll be interesting. I mean. It's not going to be out next week. They're going to be showing off prototypes of this yeah. at the Consumer Electronics Show coming up here. So I'm going to be interested to see how big they are. But I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, it's just amazing how they can get like DSLR quality into smartphones now. Well, according to this article on The Verge, LG is also the one of the major um, suppliers to Apple. And the rumor is that the iPhone 15 will include a folded optic telephoto lens, but it's unlikely to include this LG specific module. Kind of exciting. Yeah. Uh, Elon Musk, 
I'm getting tired of talking about him. Yeah, me too. He blames Twitter cost cuts on a $3 billion negative cash flow. Gee, could that be all the advertisers that you scared away? I don't know. <laughs> He's looking for a CEO. But that's a lot, $3 billion. So he bought the company for $44 billion in October. He's yeah. still trying to get people to invest at that same valuation that he bought it at that he said was overpriced right. at $54 a share. Yeah. Who would do that after all the the and, moaning and whining and about the, how overvalued that And the months long, months long dumpster, dumpster fire that it's been. Yeah. Every day it's some new oh, thing. Oh, sorry. He said it would have forced a negative cash flow situation of $3 billion a year were it not for his controversial cost cutting efforts. Right. Basically firing everybody and selling all the furniture. Yeah, but is that going to save you $3 billion? No. 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 You're selling espresso machines? You're not going to save $3 billion that way. Maybe some of the chairs. Well, those are expensive chairs. And speaking of Twitter, one last time, uh, they say that paying blue subscribers, this is how they're going to make money, John, to get that verification, right? Yeah. Which we got for free. Right. Back in the old days. We're going to have to pay for that now. They're going to get, uh, if you subscribe to that, you're going to get prioritized rankings and conversations. Do you care enough for that? No. Is that like a free speech town hall kind of thing that <laughs> Elon Musk keeps touting? Well, if you pay, your voice gets heard louder. It's like a lightning lane, having just been at Disneyland. Yes. <laughs> you pay extra to just skip the line. So is that free speech? No. No. That's He who- is a walking... Contradiction. Yes. Hypocrite. Yeah. I hope he doesn't like turn my Tesla off. He probably will. Probably will. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, Netflix, they've come out with an ad supported tier, $5.99 a month. Did it get them all the subscribers they hoped? Well, we'll let you in on that. You've tuned into the app show here with Mike Agarbo and John Beeler. We'll be back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. The streaming wars are hot and heavy. Netflix uh, was the 800-pound gorilla, but there's a lot of monkeys out there now. I'm trying to do like a, a primate theme here. Circus theme? A, a circus theme. It, it's competitive, you have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. B- but the problem is there's lots of other choice. There is. There's Amazon Prime Video. Apple Plus has come out. Disney Plus I mean, they have lit the world on fire. They've been buying up, if they don't already own, all the big properties that people want. And the thing is, when these companies come out, they pull all of that content off of the other platforms. Exactly. As soon so, as they can. So what made Netflix so appealing in the early days is that for like 10 bucks a month, you had access to like thousands of TV shows and movies. Disney yeah. stuff, yeah. Paramount stuff, ABC, NBC, CBS. Well, now that they have their own streaming services... Where that content's all gone to their own stuff. So Netflix, they were smart. Make no mistake. They invested billions in creating their own original content. And it paid off. But it's so competitive now. This is the first year that they actually had a quarter where they lost subscribers, which tanked their share price. Yeah. So they've come out to compete with these other guys, an ad-supported tier. And we've seen this with other streaming services. Which it's done well for others. So you got to look at some of the other ones. So uh, Hulu, for example, I think 57% of new subscribers are doing the ad supported. Yeah. 
Peacock, which is kind of, you know, NBC Universal, 74%, I believe, of users are doing the ad-supported network. Yeah. So on Netflix, they've come out with the lower price kind of to compete with these guys, $5.99 a month. You get about four or five minutes of commercials during the hour. You also can't download it to your phone, the shows, in case you're going on a flight where you don't have internet access. Right. And uh, it's, it doesn't have all the content. There's a few things with rights issues right. that you don't. I don't know what those programs are, but... Yeah. So six bucks a month, but you get all these commercials. And so do you think they've done well with it? Uh, my guess would be no. Well, you're right. Uh, less than 20% they're estimating have signed up for the ad supported network compared to the other higher paid tiers. And think about it. Like for another few bucks, John, four bucks, you can pay $9.99 a month for no commercials. And, and all the content and the downloadability. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know people want to save money, but for four bucks, it's probably worth it to, you know, the time. But the big problem that people have is that there's too many streaming services now. And if they want a certain kind of content, they might be forced to use or subscribe to multiples. And then you're, you're spending more money than you did on cable before. Well, isn't the funny thing, John? Yeah. Because I mean, everyone, you know, when Netflix first really started rising in popularity, you know, the cord cutters. I don't have cable anymore. I'm saving all this money. And I said, just wait, because competition hasn't really hit yet. And once it does, it's going to fragment this like yeah. you've never seen. Well, and everybody and their dog started out with the streaming service. Then they all went away. And then the consolidation has started to happen. Yeah. So you're looking at Warner Discovery. HBO would be one of their big properties. Yeah. And obviously Warner Brothers, huge. Yeah. So they've got their own thing, Hulu, which is actually Disney. Yeah. <laughs> slash ABC. Got Apple. Got Apple. They're gaining momentum as well. They've kind of came out of nowhere. Who thought that Apple would get into creating their own TV shows and movies? The, the thing is, at the end of the day, all that matters is the content, right? And people will go wherever there's good content. And if it's really good, they might even pay for it. So this is the, the struggle that I have is like, I like stuff on all the different networks. I'm not going to subscribe to everybody. I, it's just, it's impossible. Yeah, it's, it's tough. I download a lot of stuff, but at the same time I subscribe to everything. <laughs> so it, <laughs> It's cause I like putting in my Plex interface, which yeah. Plex is a, a very cool interface for playing a lot of content that you yeah. have yeah. from wherever. Right. But again, even though I download it, probably not always legally, I still, I'm subscribing to, I got Disney Plus, I got Netflix, I got Amazon, I got them all. Yeah. But that was the same argument that Netflix, or uh, not Netflix, Napster and other companies had back in the day with music. If you build it, they will come. If you make it easy and accessible for me to get, cool. But I'm not going to pay for 10 different streaming services a month. No. But how many are you paying for? Right now? A lot. Is it getting, it's getting up there, John. It must be at a hundred bucks. Uh, no, no, actually. No. Well, my girlfriend and I share a Netflix account. Not for long. <laughs> Netflix is cracking down on that. I uh, know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But. Unless you move in together. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but Apple and uh, Amazon Prime, 
they're basically included with my services that I already pay for. It's true. And we have it on in the studio right now, muted. Uh, I've been using a lot of Pluto TV. It's been great. I don't know who's aimed at. I don't know either, but I'm just happy. I'm finding content that I missed and haven't seen in a long time. And in some cases, I haven't seen some of this. I'm watching Mission Impossible, like nonstop. Yeah. They've got Gunsmoke. They've got Happy Days. They've got the, lo- they've got the love boat, <laughs> for God's sakes. Yeah. I'm, I'm loving it. But I'm just, it's, it's an interesting uh, app or channel, John, because, again, who's it aimed at? Like, it, it has to be aimed at older audience. You even look at the advertisements. It's like Depends and, you know, adult <laughs> yeah. um, diapers and stuff, yeah. right? So, but... Do older folks, are they proficient at downloading Pluto? And do you know what I mean? Well, I mean, we're talking about it, so maybe that'll help boost that. But um, but yeah, th- these are all nostalgia channels for the most part, right? Yeah. The, the content they have. It's not the latest and greatest CSI and stuff like that. This is old TV that we grew up on or weren't old enough to watch. But Pluto TV in five, 10 years, is, is it even a thing anymore? I don't know. I, what I hope is we're going to see start to see some... Uh, bundling? Bundling or consolidation of these services so that I don't have to go to four different places to get the shows I want to watch. Okay, we're going to have to take a break here on the App Show. When we come back, TikTok's parent company accessed the data of U.S. journalists. Their Chinese parent company. What do the Americans think? Well, you can probably guess, but we'll tell you more when you come back from the break here on the App Show. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. TikTok, one of the fastest growing social platforms ever. How many users do they have? Over a billion. A lot. A lot. You're addicted. I love it. I'm addicted. Yeah. These are short form videos, you basically just keep swiping up. They're not that long. They're anywhere from like 10 seconds to 30 seconds, typically, sometimes a minute. Yeah, you can, I think you can do up to 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the vast majority are the short, short ones. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's quick. It's a comedy. It's maybe you'll learn something. That's my favorite part of it is people sharing stuff that skills and things that they know how to do, but it all depends on, on the algorithm as to what it's going to serve you. Whatever you're into, it'll serve you that, which is that digital drug, if you will. They're owned by ByteDance, and I apologize. I think I said it was owned by Tencent, which it's not. It's ByteDance. Right. I think you did. I'm getting my uh, Chinese software companies mixed up here. American government, Trump tried to have it banned in the U.S. He tried to force somebody to buy it, and Microsoft was going to buy. Even Oracle was stepping up. Yeah. Yeah. But that never went down. No. No. But there's a few Congress people that are kind of lighting that flame and getting the pitchforks out again. It is a Chinese app. Uh, The company has said that they're keeping that information for U.S. customers stateside. Yeah. But apparently some folks at uh, their parent company, ByteDance, accessed U.S. journalist data that use TikTok. Yeah. To see, I guess they could triangulate the IP addresses of those journalists, like to their location and to leaks they were having. Yes. Which with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah. You'd think with all the heat on you that you would just like 
button that down. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, apparently ByteDance actually fired four employees that were responsible for this. Probably because they were the easiest targets to get rid of. Yes. To, to place blame on. It's going to be interesting to see what happens in the, the coming year or couple of years with TikTok. It is, it's a juggernaut now. Like, I don't know how you shut that down. Yeah. I think we talked about it before, but when they first started talking about banning it, apparently a lot of government operations have banned downloading the app onto government-owned devices in a number of states and uh, cities. It's amazing how much data that these apps capture. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like location. Some have access to your camera and phones. Yep. If you've ever used it to make a video. Of course. Yeah. But uh, but also too, like in the same token, how useful is some of that information? Right. Well, apparently to try to find leaks. Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, that, I mean, that, that assumes that that particular journalist who's a known entity has a TikTok account that's a known entity. I don't use my, my personal John Beeler email address for my accounts for stuff like TikTok. So you ha- I kind of have to wonder, like, how do they know that that's a specific reporter for the New York Times or whatever? Well, maybe they use, they identify themselves as a New York Times columnist. Perhaps. Perhaps, yes. Yeah. But, I, okay, so, you know, obviously we're, we're talking about TikTok and ByteDance, their parent company. But I, how often does this go on with other companies? Do you know what I mean? Software companies that uh, we don't even know about. People are people. And people are in charge of companies. And people run companies. People will always do bad stuff with... Or stupid things. Yeah. Or not realize the implications of looking at certain data bits. Yeah, I just wonder, like, what authority authority did those employees go under? Or did they just take a little initiative to try to find the leaks? Because, again, my point is, they're under such scrutiny from the government. Why even monkey around with that yeah why even poke that bear because that's not going to end well for anybody no and there's always a record there's always a log yeah and there's a lot of whistleblowers yeah it's always someone wanting to yeah to pipe up okay we're gonna have to take a break now we're gonna talk about last pass when we come back are you using last pass you're gonna have to tune into this next segment because there's been some issues uh, with it You're listening to The App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with The App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Peeler. Time to talk about LastPass. This is an app, a service that lets you store all your passwords. It's like a password vault so that you can have complex passwords to be extra, extra secure with your banking information, with any app or website you use. It's the digital equivalent of that little black notebook that people used to have or the post-it notes on your monitor well there's been some problems with it they were hacked yeah which is precisely why i wouldn't use a password manager you have that little faith Uh, yeah i have no faith in any (laughs) digital (laughs) everything can be hacked there is nothing that is impervious to being hacked 
I know a lot of people and companies that use it. Yes. And I don't know why. I, I get why. On the one hand, it's the convenience. You can have more secure passwords. You're keeping out the majority of the bad actors. But at the same time, you're putting the single point of failure of, and trust in one company's ability to protect your passwords, your, all the keys to your kingdom. So companies have you know, all of their social media accounts, maybe people have their banking information all in this. Like, It's the front door keys to your entire life or your entire business. Well, LastPass came out with an announcement uh, just in time for the holidays. Uh, hackers were able to copy a backup of customer vault data, which essentially means that they could theoretically get access to those passwords if they can crack the stolen vaults. So there's a still a layer. Yeah, because it is still encrypted. But the thing is, it's. <laughs> have you ever seen those videos where people find a safe in a house that you spot? <laughs> yeah. And they're hoping there's something good inside and they're hoping they can actually crack the safe to get in. It's kind of like that. But hackers, the people that got this data in the first place, are generally looking to figure out how to do that. So they're going to put all their resources into finding out how to decrypt that. And sometimes it doesn't need much. You just need someone with a with a weaker password than the encryption as a point of entry. They're saying that it would be difficult for this hacker or hackers to get access to your passwords because they have to be able to hack the master password for you or your company. Right. But if you're lazy <laughs> and... Come up with a stupid master password. Exactly. Like your dog's name, one, two, three, four. But the thing is that they have a list of all the customers. And they have potential, I mean, we don't know exactly what they have, but potentially they would at least say they were interested in Mike and Mike's master password. They were going to maybe try to find Mike's computer or Mike's iCloud or whatever and go in through the side door. Yes. They're not going to go through the front door because the front door is very encrypted. But they've got tools to brute force hack these things. Yeah, but some of those tools could take years to actually get through this encryption. So in your opinion, in all likelihood, are they going to be going after John Beeler's last pass? Well, they vault? will now because we're talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but you just, you don't have it. You I don't, don't, I don't have an account. No, neither so, do I. Um, but the, I think for the most part, people are, should be okay. But even LastPass has said, and this is the whole point of having a LastPass, is you should go and change all your passwords now. Except I don't know what my passwords are because I put all my faith in LastPass. Well, that's the thing, because it generates these long, complex passwords, right? Yeah. Which are really hard to crack. Right. But and the idea remember. is that you don't have to know them because you just know the master password. Right. It'll fill it in for you. Right. But that's also the other reason why I never used LastPass, and there's another one, I forget what it's called, um, because quite often, you and I, we review a lot of tech, and these apps aren't available for a brand new operating system that's not even out yet. That's true. So I don't want to have to be locked out of certain things for my testing. So that's why I don't use it. I also don't want to have to enter a 42 character obscure code to get into my Gmail on a test device. But I guess just boiling it down, if you do use LastPass, unless you are like some government <laughs> worker or yeah. company, it's so, not likely that the hacker is going to crack your master password. No, but 
if they can get into your account because you have a, a oh if you're lazy like you said yeah it, and your Disney Plus account's easy to hack they might be able to get in that way <laughs> right like the, the, there's Do you lots. know what I think about my Disney Plus account yeah they're not going to get that <laughs> well I know your passwords on a lot of things yeah <laughs> but that one I went totally random okay yeah I bet I could get it <laughs> well we'll have to see. But yeah, the security through obscurity rule probably is going to play here. And again, it depends on what identifying information is included with this cache of data that the hackers got. So it's just really interesting to see how LastPass recovers from this PR disaster because the whole point is that... The security, right? Yeah. The the trust is gone. Super gone. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back here on the App Show, more tech to talk. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here with John Beeler. Want to uh, talk about job sites right now and for listeners to be careful if they're using them, especially to find a new job. You have to be wary of some scams that are going on out there right now. So for LinkedIn, ZipRecruiter, Indeed, these are some of the more popular ones, uh, especially down in the U.S. right now. And Canada is not immune, of course. Uh, hackers and, and bad actors are using fake job postings to siphon personal information out of respondents to get as much personal info so that they can then use that to take out credit cards or even uh, apply for um, unemployment insurance benefits. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people still have what I would call old resumes. When they when they create an account on these sites, they upload a PDF of their resume and it has a lot of personal information on it. It has where you worked, where you went to school. Some cases it has your full name, your full address, your date of birth, maybe even your social insurance number. But, oh yeah. Right? I mean, not everyone should be doing that anymore. You don't need to give all that information on a resume that you're just carpet bombing everywhere trying to find a job. But... These tools like LinkedIn and Indeed, they make it very easy for people to, to hoover up all that data very quickly. And they could also be having, ha, just ha, have a fake job just to have a huge influx of applicants. Yeah, because, I mean, it would be, it would be so easy. Like if you applied for a job and they started asking you, you know, questions, interview questions to get things like your home address and potentially even banking information when you think about it. Yeah. The, the thing is, they only need a couple pieces of information and they can use Google and the internet to find other pieces to match it all together to build a profile of you. And then we have identity theft and maybe even worse than that. Well, that's pretty bad. Yeah. So what can you do? I think there's some things that, you know, obviously you always got to be wary of uh, this type of thing. Now, <laughs> I didn't know you had to be, but uh, it is it is a scam going around. Uh, make sure that you do a little research on the company that you're applying for. Make sure that, you know, they have reviews online about the company and people working for the company. Uh, there's sites like Glassdoor, for example. You yeah. can check that out. But also check the web address because uh, some of these scam people and sites, they're actually taking well-known companies like Spirit Airlines, for example, in the US, and they're misspelling it slightly. Right. And they'll send you to like a real looking web page. Yeah, because it's very easy to just copy Spirit Airlines website. Yes. And put it up on a fake web server. 
And this probably is a little more technical than the average person, but you can also look up to see when was that website created? Because if it was created last week, it's probably not a real company, especially if they're pretending to be a real company. Yeah, that's true. Right? And um, a lot of times these companies, uh, there were some really crazy stories during the pandemic where people were applying for jobs, remote jobs, getting them, doing work, and never got paid because the company didn't exist. <laughs> That's awful. It's awful, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, some of these fake companies are, are even like sending checks, certified checks to potential hirees to right. buy office equipment, but they're like fake checks. Yeah, it's all scams. Yes. Again, to get money or personal information. Especially from someone that's looking for a job, that's the last thing you want to have happen is have your financial situation destroyed before you even have that job. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Anyway, it's something definitely to uh, look out for if you are in the job market. I want to thank all the folks that helped put the show together. Of course, John and Robin back at the studio. Don't forget to listen to our sister program, Get Connected. It's on across the Chorus Radio Network every Saturday. We had a great program. You can get uh, the podcast of it up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We talked uh, about the year in review, all our favorite tech gadgets and stories, and also the tech that died in 2022. And there's some interesting stuff. You, you would have thought that tech died a long time ago, but no, it was still around up until this year. I'll give you one spoiler, BlackBerry, but there was a bunch of others. Another spoiler, iPods. iPods. But anyway, the, yeah, I, I didn't know they were still going, some of this stuff. But anyway, tune into it. It's a, a really interesting uh, list. This is Mike and John signing off for the App Show. We'll see you again next time.